How does that saying go? If you've done what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Well, I'm afraid for YouTube that no longer applies. So many changes, it's time to unlearn the old stuff and get in with the new. Let's dive in to some YouTube changes that you need to know about. Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. And welcome to another episode of Tube Talk. My name is Liron Segev. I am your host. I am a tech blogger, a YouTuber, and the director of customer success here at vidIQ, where every day we help creators big and small understand their channel, understand YouTube, and get more subscribers and more views. Now, in order to get those subscribers, in order to get those views, we have to understand how YouTube works. We have to be on top of all those changes, all those algorithm changes, and that's what we do on a regular basis. So today, I'm here with Greg Jabo, who is the president and co-founder of SEOPR. He's a contributor, well, <laughs> prolific contributor to Tubular Insights and Search Engine Journal. He's also an author and an instructor at Rutgers for the mini MBA digital marketing program. But most importantly, he's here with us on Tube Talk. Greg, welcome to Tube Talk. Thank you, Liron. It's nice to talk with the techie guy. Ta-da! <laughs> Greg, is there anything I left out on this kind of vast list of items? That, oh, sure. Uh, oh, sure. You're, you're, you're merely summarizing the last 15 years. I have a long checkered career, but let's not go into that. <laughs> you know, how, how does it go? The, the famous saying, the only constant is change. There's one thing that you do well is understand things that are changing and work out how to get around them and just un, unpack this beast, unscramble this egg and give us some amazing insights. If all you do is chase what changed recently, you're always chasing the latest change. Sometimes it helps to step back and see the direction things are headed in. Uh -huh. Sometimes you want to forecast uh, the direction as opposed to just know what happened lately. I have a YouTube channel. I am a regular YouTuber like a lot of people trying to make it, trying to find a little corner of YouTube where do we begin? Well, you have to begin with great video. So I don't want to uh, understate that. But uh, over the years, uh, there are elements of YouTube's algorithm that have changed. And we generally focus on those because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. But there are elements that have remained the same. Now, I uploaded my first video to YouTube in August of 2006. And I thought I was late to the dance because, oh, YouTube had been around for a whole year and I was finally getting to it. But over all that period of time, one of the constants uh, in YouTube's algorithm has been relevance. So if you've made great video, terrific. Mm -hmm. um, then when it comes time to write your title, write your description, uh, select your tags, uh, they need to be as relevant as possible. And uh, that part hasn't gone out of fashion. That part, um, you know, there are people who would skip over it because, oh, yeah, 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 but that's the same. The answer is, yeah, it's one of the few things that hasn't changed. So uh, focus there. Uh, making good content. That is what people are there for. We want to be entertained. We want to be educated. We want to do it in a, in a way that we can relate to. 
And if you're not producing that kind of stuff, doesn't matter how awesome your thumbnail is. We're just simply not interested. Bingo, bingo. So, you know, uh, again, it's easy to skip over the basics and go to the, you know, how can you fake them out? Well, the answer is, it's getting harder to fake them out. Uh, and good content is number one and relevant titles, descriptions, and tags is number two. All right. So assuming for the sake of this discussion, we understand this. People have been onto the vidIQ YouTube channel. They have read your blog posts. They have read our blog post. They've read the blog post you wrote for us on the vidIQ channel. And <laughs> now they understand they, they're going to get the basics. They, they've made a commitment to really, really get in there. But then YouTube goes and says, okay, we're going to change the game a little bit. Have you noticed some big changes happening recently? Oh, sure. Huge. All the time. And uh, again, there is a whole small army of people who chase the latest algorithm change. Mm -hmm. um, and God bless them and good luck. Um, <laughs> it, it, you, you, that way madness lies. So right. one of the things that hasn't changed and won't change is relevance. And let me, let me go back to the basics. Mm -hmm. um, if YouTube starts serving up irrelevant content, when you do a YouTube search, it will stop being the world's second most popular search engine. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, they have fiddled with that over time. There were, there were occasions when they threw in ringers uh, because they thought people were, you know, finding content that was just too relevant. And so they would, they would throw stuff in and Oh, by the way, uh, people stop paying attention to their suggested videos. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, by force of human behavior, YouTube can't deviate very far from serving up relevant content. Now the big mistake rookies make, is they go off and they will use a Google keyword tool to come up with the search terms to use in YouTube. And oh, no, 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 don't go there. Don't go there. In fact, if, if you want to just see this for yourself, go to Google Trends. And uh, the default result for any keyword that you put in there is going to be what they call web search, which is a search on Google. But right. guess what? There's a tab that you can go and look for YouTube search. And you will often find that the term that uh, seems to be trending in Google doesn't exist at all yep. on YouTube. So uh, again, recognize that it's a different set of users who know they are on a video sharing site. And so uh, the terms that they're looking for are frequently uh, mm. similar but different. Oh, um, I love that. And I can tell you from personal experience, literally yesterday, I had someone telling me that they're about to launch this new channel. They have done all their research. They've listened to all the advice. It was all to do with RVing and kind of how to buy your first RV. And I said to her, well, is there a marketplace for this? Are people interested in this topic? And she says, yes, I went to Google Trends and it's cooking. And I did the exact same thing you, you just said. I put in the same search terms. And instead of saying web search, I said YouTube, and the results were flat. Now, had she just simply gone ahead and done that, she would have essentially had a channel that might be amazing, 
but the search volume is not there. People don't care for that kind of topic on YouTube. Is there an overlap between Google searches and YouTube searches? Like we've seen those snippets coming up now in search. We've seen video coming up in search. Are the two worlds going to collide at any point? Oh, they do on occasion. Yeah. And if you oh, are, let's say, a type A personality that wants to overachieve, uh, you go look for the uh, overlapping terms that are both popular on Google as well as YouTube, and you hope to get that incremental hit uh, from uh, Google search results uh, on top of the YouTube search results. So yes, yes, um, <laughs> you can do that. But, but at that point, you are, um, oh, it's a, in, in pool, I think it's a two-bank shot. Um, okay, all right, but guess what? I can do just fine, thank you very much, focusing on YouTube search terms. Right. In, instead of trying to contort myself into thinking the only thing that counts is right. Google. <laughs> and the answer is turning up in Google is nice. That, uh, I'm not going to sneeze on that. But uh, turning up in YouTube is nice. Yes. And, and uh, you have a lot more elbow room to work with. Maybe, have, maybe experiment on the odd occasion, maybe even write a blog post and have all these things kind of intertwined. But it shouldn't be your pass or fail metric Right. Gotcha. I am looking at my YouTube's trending. I am doing my research. What's my next step? Well, then you have to choose, but choose wisely, as I think <laughs> the, uh, the movie line goes. Um, in the early days, um, I would take advantage of every last character in the, uh, the title, in the description, uh, the tags were always a sort of uh, a guesswork as to how many tags uh, YouTube uh, wanted. But uh, in the title, you had up to 100 characters. And so I used to advise people, if you can come up with a title that is 99 characters long, then you haven't left anything on the table. Mm -hmm. Because who knows, maybe you'll get found for the, the fifth search term that you've stuffed into that title. Right. Well, well, it, it turns out uh, stuffing is stuffing, and uh, YouTube over the years has uh, um, not rewarded that behavior. And so what may have been good advice, oh, five, ten years ago is now bad advice today. Uh, the right number, uh, according uh, to the, the research uh, uh, that I write about in um, a, a recent post in uh, Search Engine Journal, is about half of that. So if you've got up to 100 characters, mm, that's the max. If you can find a headline that's, oh, 47, 48 characters long, you know, that's the sweet spot. So mm -hmm. um, you, you don't have to take advantage of every last uh, word. Uh, but what that does mean and this is the implication, and it goes back to my question about you must choose, but choose wisely. Uh, if I'm going to leave the fourth and fifth search term out of my title, then excuse me, what were my top two or three? Mm -hmm. And I can't be all things to all people, and apparently I'm not even rewarded for trying to be five things to all people. Right. So... Um, you know, what are the most important ones? And that's a um, question that only you and your marketing plan can determine. Um, what are the 
key things that ought to be in your title? So, I mean, again, YouTube is making us focused. We know the old days of your channel can do cooking today, vlogging tomorrow, tech the next day, motoring the next day. Those days seem to be, the variety days seem to be a little bit behind us. Now it's all about focus, 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 and really kind of use that first punch, that first 50 characters to get it out there. Exactly, exactly. And even people who are in the news business understand this, because in the old days they wanted variety. Yes. And, and now people like uh, News Now basically are spinning off new channels that focus just on political news, for right. example. Yes. What about our yeah. description? Uh, do we... Oh, you know, I was one of the first. And, and again, believe it or not, I have got a book called YouTube and Video Marketing an Hour a Day that was published in 2009. Do not read it. <laughs> do not buy my book. It is That's the first. Date. It is so out of, it's 10 years out of date. Think about that for a second. Yeah, that's true. But back then, I was the first to crack the code to say, oh, wow, you could have up to 5,000 characters in your description. Thank you, YouTube. That's about 800 plus words, depending mm -hmm. on how long your average word is. Um, and so, again, back in the old days, I would uh, recommend that, you know, write as much as you can. And if you're a writer, God bless you. That makes you stand out from the crowd of just people who can shoot video and don't know how to write. Um, well, it turns out that was then. This is now. The mm -hmm. new best practice is, again, something underneath about half of what you could stuff into the description. So if you can get 300 to 350 words into your description, uh, you've done a good job. You've gone beyond the, you know, two or three sentences that most uh, videos have, but you haven't like filled it into the, you know, the brim uh, with words that uh, may not have been, you know, quite as uh, useful. So um, a little under half, uh, 300 to 350 words in your description. And again, that means you're going to have to choose. Mm -hmm. What do I put in that? It's going to be more than a sentence or two, but it's not, you know, uh, 800 words anymore. Um, and, you know, be selective to tell the most important element of your story. And, and, and do we still use keywords in our descriptions? I think so, but I okay. would use them sparingly. I okay. tend to try to write um, with synonyms as often as possible mm -hmm. because it's good for humans but it also turns out to be remarkably, remarkably good for um, uh, algorithms as well. Um, as as uh, they've gotten more mature over the years, they understand what synonyms uh, are and they uh, make the arbitrary and whimsical and capricious decision that synonyms are probably good writing. Mm -hmm. um, so guess what? It turns out uh, if you use good writing, then you are doing what the algorithm is trying to guess at that you should be doing. Okay. Now the, the, the next part is the one that's used to be insanely important. Now it doesn't seem to be, let's talk about video tags. Yeah, I actually, I think it's still insanely important. It's, um, it, I think it always was, believe it or not in the early days of YouTube, you could actually see the tags that somebody was using. It was right there underneath the description. Um, and then YouTube decided, oh, no, no, uh, we can't let that happen. 
Um, and so the, the, you know, the tags became invisible, but just because they became invisible, I don't think that means that they became less important. Um, it just meant that they became, um, I don't know, I got a guess. And now, uh, there's tools like the one that, uh, vidIQ makes that mm -hmm. let you see the tags again. And, um, uh, oh, by the way, you know, n now they may have always been important, but now you can see them again. So um, I, I think tags are key. There are times where uh, if I'm going to put a keyword in my description, boy, I'm going to put it in my tags. If I've got uh, right. a, a synonym in my title, you better believe I'm going to get that in my tags. <laughs> but but well, here's, here's, here's the trick. Here's the new trick. I generally take about 80% of the space that I devote to tags. And you can have anywhere these days of anywhere between 30 and 40 tags. I try to set aside 80% of them that are unique to this video. Right. And I try to take the last 20% and say, okay, those are the tags that I want to use on every video on my channel. I want people who finish watching one of my videos to realize, yes. oh, by the way, I have other videos. Yes. And um, yes, I got to get this video found. So I'm going to do that with 80% of the tags, but I'm going to take the last 20%, and, you know. And again, at the end of the day, YouTube is a search engine. It wants to marry those relationships. You want to force those relationships between your videos and the tags is a great place to do that. I always put in my channel name. I put in my name. That's my constant between all my, all my videos. Everything else becomes unique to that particular video, giving YouTube the metadata that it needs to kind of understand what this particular content is about. But I want to force those relationships between my videos. Let yes. you suggest the next one for me. And again, at one point in time, I would recommend, oh, only pick 12 tags. Mm-hmm. And at one point in time, that seemed to be the right number. The, the right number is now about three times that number. Right. So um, uh, does that mean tags get more important? No, I think what, what YouTube recognizes is that um, only a small number of videos are going to be found as the number one result in search. Right. More videos will get watched if the recommended suggested videos are also relevant and people then stayed longer. S sessions on, on YouTube are now somewhere north of 40 minutes. That's average. And as a result, uh, I'm not making 40-minute videos. I don't know about you. <laughs> Definitely but, not. But, but what that does mean is that people in that session are not only watching my video, they're probably watching uh, four or five or six other videos. And hopefully a couple of those are also mine. And one of the things that really is intriguing for me is that YouTube has repeatedly said that tags don't have as much importance as they used to, right? But when I look at the new studio beta, the one that's currently is being rolled out, guess what they brought across? Tags. So if it's yeah. no longer relevant in the new upload flow that, um, that, we've, that we've got access to, you upload your video and what, you put your title, your description, and on the very next screen, it asks you to put in tags. So if it's not that important, why are you bringing it across to a brand new platform 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's actually, unfortunately, more fundamental than even that. It's It comes down to when you do a search in Google, Google can look at tons of text and try mm -hmm. to pick up signals about, you know, what is uh, quality content. When you look at video, you know, YouTube has very few signals that it can work with. And most of those signals are in the metadata. Mm -hmm. So um, I think tags are one of those things that will continue to be important up until the day where YouTube is transcribing what is said on the video right. and also uh, interpreting accurately um, the visuals on the video so that they aren't faked out. Mm -hmm. uh, and then maybe tags become less important, but we're, we're not there yet. We're getting there. I mean, the transcription is really getting much, much better. Um, it's, it's the AI is learning all the time. We already know about Cloud Vision, sorry, where you can upload your thumbnails and you can see what Google thinks of it, what thinks you're representing. So it's just these tools are just becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. But I'm kind of getting the distinct impression that don't forget your basics. Feed the beast, feed the metadata. At the end of the day, it's still the, that search engine. I'm going to repeat that a bazillion times, but that's what it is. It's the world's I, second largest search engine. I, I totally agree. All right, let's move a little bit forward. And now the one thing that you mentioned, and I want to kind of go, go into that, all clicks are not created equal. Let's unpack that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, this has been an ongoing um, sea change that started way back in 2012. And that was when um, uh, YouTube decided to dump the view as the key element in its algorithm and replace it with watch time. And so uh, what YouTube is now paying attention to, and by the way, this is a huge difference between the YouTube algorithm and the Google algorithm, which can't do this. Mm -hmm. But what YouTube is looking at is how long are you watching the video? Now, they're actually going beyond how long you watch the video. They're also how long are you staying in a session? Uh, or is this the, the first video that you watch in a series of six? Views beyond your video uh, are also factored in. Percentage uh, that you, someone watches uh, is factored in et cetera, et cetera. And so all of a sudden you have a very robust algorithm that basically says, if I start watching this video and about 10 seconds in, I gag and go, oh, give me a break. <laughs> this is corporate propaganda. Barf. Um, I'm out of here. Oh, by the way, without even writing a comment underneath that video, which when, uh, when people leave a video, they don't take the time to, to comment as much. They just leave. Um, YouTube knows that you just gave that a thumbs down. <laughs> you just <laughs> spewed, uh, uh, you know, do not waste my time with this kind of garbage again. So, so uh, YouTube is interpreting um, uh, the viewer intent. Now, if while I'm watching... I also do some nifty things like uh, share the video after I've watched it, or I comment on it, uh, or even, heaven forbid, give it a thumbs up. Um, I know, I know. Old, old school, really old. <laughs> Although, really 
technically old school is we go back to the five star system, but you know, wow. sort, of, sort of old school. But uh, if you interact with that video in a variety of ways, um, then those are uh, bonus brownie points. But the, the right. point is, is that, you know, YouTube is now looking for long clicks, not short clicks. And um, that then gets back to, boy, your content better be good. It better be compelling. Yeah. You better know how to tell a story uh, or I'm out of here in 10 seconds. Cool. can tell you, I absolutely concur with that. I spent a couple of days with some of the world's literally largest YouTubers and amazing to me how most of them, by their own admission, say they don't know the stuff. You know what they know? How to tell a good story. And that's all they focus on. It's just making it better and better for the viewer. And they get rewarded for that. Oh, and, and you're hanging out with the good people then, because I hang out with a different <laughs> crowd. I, I, I ha hang out with, oh, how do I say this? Agency types who, who, who know how to create a TV commercial in 15 seconds yep. and, and think that's all you need to do on YouTube, right? right. And the answer is, oh, man. So, so I have to get them to unlearn what they yes. learned in a different medium. Um, uh, to take advantage of this new one. Well, may maybe this is the part of the uh, checkered background that I didn't delve into that I should reveal <laughs> now. Once upon a time, way, way back, I was a journalist. Oh, my God. I was the uh, editor of a newspaper. I know, print media. It's an old concept. Look it up in Wikipedia. You, I've heard of it. <laughs> you'll, find a, you'll find a listing for newspapers. But um, one of the things we learned really quickly is you don't sell many newspapers today with yesterday's news. Yeah, huh, yes. So um, maybe I got the right training in the wrong place, but um, uh, I understood that, you know, um, this has got to be state of the art. You can't rest on last month's trend. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let, let's, let's get back to 2019 for a second. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Moving along. All right. So as we kind of going down our list, we kind of, we know about content. We understand we got to make good thumbnails, titles, descriptions, and tags. We now understand that content is key and not all clicks are created equal. Still love that. Not all clicks are created equal. We want to get that watch time. We want to get people to really stay on and perhaps watch another one of our videos. We're using end screens. We're using cards and we kind of call to action, getting people to stay longer. Are we not going to win this? Are we going to get a million subscribers by tomorrow morning? Uh, maybe, possibly. Okay. So, some people do. Yeah. So it, it helps. Uh, how many subscribers do you have? Because they're going to be notified that you've got some new content out. And if you've got, oh, um, let's say, PewDiePie numbers, then uh, guess what? Every <laughs> yes. new video he puts up, um, gets about a million views in the first day. So, you know, yeah, it happens. It happens. But for most of us, uh, mere mortals, right. um, you were going to have to work at that. But uh, it, it's worth knowing that uh, the YouTube algorithm is now looking at your channel and trying to figure out how many subscribers and total views your channel has. And that's uh, part of uh, the algorithm that sort of determines you know, you've got a track record. You right. are uh, worth boosting in the rankings because uh, you've, you've demonstrated in the past that you could do this. So 
that matters. Another uh-huh. thing that matters, and, and this is one that snuck up on me, is uh-huh. the length of videos. Now, I have always argued that longer was stronger, but, you know, a lot of people thought that was just strange in an era where a long video meant two to three minutes. But, uh, again, we've seen new data that says that the sweet spot for uh, video uh, is somewhere in the 11 to 16-minute range. And that's a lot longer than most of the content that most of us are making. And again, it plays to the watch time algorithm. But if you know how to tell a story, mm. why cut it off, you know, at four minutes or five minutes, just because that happens to be the length of the uh, normal, let's say, popular right. music video. Uh, guess what? Michelle Fawn is the one who pushed to get the 10 minute limit on YouTube expanded to 15 minutes because she couldn't finish putting on her makeup in 10 minutes. <laughs> and guess what? People were watching, watching. all 15 uh, minutes. Yes. So if, if you've got content that is compelling and useful and interesting and uh, takes you on a roller coaster ride, wow. Boy, does the YouTube algorithm reward you. Uh, And again, incrementally, you're going to be building your total views as well as your subscribers. uh, And you're going to get all the other uh, magic benefits that come with uh, uh, the metadata optimization. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Each channel is different. So know your own audience. Know thy audience is critical. But I have a feeling you, you don't agree with that. I don't. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm very open to new ideas. Hit me. You heard, you heard my tisk tisk. I did. I did. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the deal. If you're looking at your analytics, you're trying to drive forward looking through the rear view mirror because all it will show you is what you've done up to now. And frankly, what most people have done up to now has been pretty cautious. And I find very few people who are really, really experimenting by pushing the envelope and let's test something we haven't done before. Then if you see that, well, that bombed, we'll never do that one again. Okay, fair enough. But um, again, I spend a huge amount of time struggling to get people to stop making 15 second long videos because that's what we've always done. And, And what I have to do as a sort of a tactic to get their attention is I'll take them to influencers. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's an influencer that you could sponsor if you want to. Let's look at the average length of their video. Oh my God, it's eight minutes long. Right. And oh, look how many views and uh, shares and likes they got versus your 15 second long video. And, and so I have to hit them on the side of the head with other people's videos to get them to think, oh, hmm. You're, you're right. We haven't been doing those kinds of videos. Instantly jumps to mind is the how-to channels. So, you know, I, and I use myself as an example. I have a how-to tech channel, how to fix your router, how to get better internet speed. You know, people don't, they want the information. They're hungry for the information, but they want it in and out. If you start telling long stories, either I'm a bad storyteller, which is 100% possible, uh, absolutely, or people just want to know, how do I fix my toilet? How do I unblock that drain? They just want the information. They don't care about the other stuff around it. What do you Well, think? it's almost, almost right, but here's how I would frame it. You don't want to tell people how to fix half of their toilet. 
and, yes. and come yes. back next week and we'll fix the second half of your toilet. It, in other words, you, you, believe it or not, you are trying to tell a story. It's just a, um, the format is such that here's the problem. Uh, here are the parts that you're going to need to get ahead of time. Uh, here's the right order to put those parts together. Uh, here's the way to test that your solution is working. And, in other words, you still want to go through a sequence. Right, of course. And it may not be anecdotal. It may not be funny. Although, boy, it really helps if your personality uh, uh, helps make that process uh, an enjoyable journey. Right. But nevertheless, people still want to, you know, get me to the conclusion. And so it is a, a form of storytelling. It's just not a um, entertainment-based uh, uh, form. It's a more logic-based form. But okay. guess what? If If you want to find it, uh, it's in a book written by Aristotle called Rhetoric, and these storytelling methods, and there are more than one of them, have been around for a couple of thousand years, and they still work. Adapt, improvise, overcome, to quote Bear Grylls. Bingo. Okay. Fair, fair, fair enough. I have actually, a... actually, I think he had a five-part outline, which is get their attention, state the problem, uh, state the solution, explain the benefits of the solution, and then uh, talk about next steps. But, but yes, 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 there, there are formulas for all of this. So the kind of as we kind of wrapping up, and we we we've spoken about a lot of really deep deep insight, which is going to give us lots of food for thoughts. I know for myself, I've made notes, and for all of you listening out there, don't worry, I got you covered. Everything will be in the show notes, so you'll, all these links will be there as well. Now I want to move on to a question that I have been wrestling with, which is the value of embedding a video versus not embedding a video. Here's what I mean by that. For those who don't know. I run a technology blog. A lot of people have company websites, have personal blogs, and I do an article about a particular set of technology that I happen to be speaking about on my YouTube channel, and I always like to embed the video so that it gives people the opportunity to either read or push play. We've been told a couple of different things, that things on embedded videos don't count as much as, things that, as videos that I've watched directly on YouTube. Have you got any kind of insights into that area? Um, yes. And uh, the answer is a view is a view is a view. Um, in fact, if it is a view from an embedded site, it may actually uh, give you an extra boost because I think uh, YouTube figures out, wow, this, this video got embedded. That used to be popular. It's not so popular anymore. And if this person's got an embedded video, whoo you know, maybe Whoa. we should get brownie points to it. So, so where your video uh, can be embedded, please embed it. I've, I've, I've worked with, again, more commercial clients, but there's mm -hmm. one that was a medical device uh, um, supplier, and uh, they made portable ultrasound products. Uh, and they were creating two versions of every video, one for their website, one for their YouTube channel. And we cut the production costs in half by having just one video, and they boosted their uh, total video views by embedding the YouTube video. And oh, by the way, they passed their leading competitor in uh, views after trailing them for years. Wow. So it works, it works, it works, do it. Now, here's the one caveat. There are exceptions. Mm -hmm. and, and it comes to um, the YouTube player, which you embed, 
basically is uh, built around getting people to watch more YouTube videos. And there are times when I want to embed a video on a website and I don't want the call to action to be watch my next video. I want it to be, can you buy my product, please? Yeah, I, that's why it's on the website. I, sure. You know, I, I don't want to send you back to YouTube for those occasions. Um, and they are real and they are commercial. Um, I then uh, look for a, uh, a player that I can embed the YouTube video into that gives me those extra calls to action on my website as opposed to uh, other things I could do on YouTube. So you don't use the native YouTube sharing player? Um, I, I embed the native YouTube sharing player inside a, sort of a wrapper. Uh, okay. but, the, but the wrapper basically gives me uh, the overlay that says, if you want to buy now, click here. Click here. Okay. So it's an extra layer on top of that that you, can, that you have much more granular control over. Yeah, and there are several people who make those kind of players, um, uh, sure. so you can you can play around with them yourself. But if you go to the GoPro site and you look at the videos uh, that they've got there, they all look like YouTube videos on the GoPro website, mm -hmm. and they are. But if you look at the players that they're embedded in, they are custom players that uh -huh. GoPro has created that do what I just described. Love that. Okay, I had no idea that even existed. This is why I love doing these episodes. You just learn things all the time. Great. As we kind of wrapping up, if people want to find you, they want to get more of this amazing goodness, where can they do that? What's the best platform to engage? Go for it. Hit us up. Uh, well, I hide in a lot of different places. So um, among the places that you may find me popping up from now and then is uh, Search Engine Journal. I write for them. Uh, you will increasingly find me uh, writing for uh, the vidIQ blog. Uh, so I, th I think I've only written a couple posts so far, but uh, more to come. You can uh, find my website, uh, www.seo-pr.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn by looking for Greg Jarbo. Uh, you can find my Twitter account, which is at Greg Jarbo. Well, uh, and remember, everything will be linked in the show notes. Um, Carla does an amazing job of linking things out. So we will make sure that people can find you. Thank you very much again for your time. This was delightful and really inspiring for us to look at things slightly different, understanding that there is an algorithm change. Yes, we should be focused on it to a certain degree, but always remember it's your content that comes first and everything else is just the how-to. So really appreciate your time and your insights. Thank you, Learn. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And for the rest of you still listening, make sure you hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast application. Leave us a review so we know how we're doing. Tell me who we need to interview next. And remember, we all know of at least one other creator currently struggling currently trying to work out which way is up, about to give up, pay it forward, share this episode with them, because at the end of the day, we're one happy creator family. I will catch you guys on the next episode of Tube Talk. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk, brought to you by vidIQ. Head over to vidIQ.com slash Tube Talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.